All right, welcome everyone to Deprogrammed on Unsafe Space. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm not joined by Carrie today. Carrie is away on personal business, but I am joined by Mike Harlow, who I'm sure a lot of you would love to hear from. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. The uh, troublemaker himself. I know. I don't like. <laughs> I, for those of, Mike, why don't you just tell people who you are before we even get into your story? For those of you who don't know who Mike Carlo is. Oh, uh, God. Who am I? I don't even know. I'm nobody, according to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, apparently, you're a, uh, a literal Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> a gay, half-Jewish Nazi. Yes. Um, I think, I was just telling Carter, I think that I am officially the most centrist person to be banned from Twitter so far. Um I'm an artist, writer, speaker. Uh, I do events, panels with the walkaway movement. Uh, I am a center-right independent and banned from Twitter. <laughs> you, you, I just saw the results of your political test and like you're literally like almost on the line in the center. <laughs> it was like- so, you, so you mean a far-right extremist? Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yes, <laughs> you're a far-right extremist. Um, is that really what it is today to the left? Is that's where that is like the far right of the spectrum, the middle? Well, I think even the word Overton window is flagged as like a far right talking point. So, oh, God. Yes. Um, why don't you just for I look, I think some people are on here because they know you and love you and want to hear from uh -huh. you. But some people don't know who you are as much and what happened. Um, why don't you just recap the story of what's happened to you in the past week? <laughs> sure. So, um, so what was it? I don't know, maybe four or five days ago now. Uh, it was International Pronoun Day, which I'm a big fan of. I love all the pronouns, all our zims and zers. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was tweeting my thoughts on uh, International Pronoun Day and on all of these ridiculous genders and radical gender ideologues. And I said a couple of totally reasonable things, uh, namely that I think all of these ridiculous genders are very derogatory to transgender people. All of this stuff about, oh, pronouns and all that shit. It's, it's not treating transgender people like they're any other man or woman. It's turning them into this weird other thing that you have to walk on eggshells around them and you have to go up and, oh, what are your pronouns? And I don't think that's right. So just that apparently is an opinion you're not allowed to have. Um, yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, oh, and I also gave some facts uh, debunking this ridiculous hysteria that transgender people are being murdered in the streets and they're dying. It's ridiculous. It does not hold up to scrutiny. You are well, four point five. Clarify, they were hate facts. Yes. <laughs> to be clear, you are four point five times more likely as a member of the general public to be murdered than a transgender person is. So. Yeah, I, I literally was just stating facts. Yeah, Mikey pointed, I'll just read the numbers. Mikey pointed out that five out of every 100,000 Americans are the victims of homicide and 1.1 out of every 100,000 trans people are the victims of homicide, so. But trans people are being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway though, so next morning I wake up to see an email that my Twitter account has been suspended. And you know, the day before I was getting all these people pissed off who had some like pepper in their panties that I had said this stuff, so I just assumed that somebody had reported me and I was just going to be suspended and put on the naughty step for a couple days and time out. Uh, no, that's not so. I found out after that it is a permanent Twitter ban. So over the course of a day or two, I got three different explanations from them. None of them make sense. So initially they had told me that I was evading a permanent suspension. I never had a permanent suspension. 
Then the second one was I was managing multiple accounts for abusive purposes. I've never had multiple accounts. Um, and then finally, almost 24 hours after banning me, they dug up an actual tweet from maybe three months ago where uh, Megan Kelly had posted pictures with her children and, you know, all the Twitter mobs were attacking her because, oh, it's tone deaf and children in cages and all that. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I so I'd responded to some blue checkmark who was attacking her and I was like, oh, my God, she loves her children. Burn the witch like a Monty Python kind of joke, like you said. Um, so that's what they're digging up now and saying that was my abuse and targeted harassment. And so that is why I am permanently banned from Twitter. But it was just to be like, let's just unpack it for a sec. You were defending someone who was being yeah. bullied on Twitter by saying sarcastically, burn the witch. Yep, but it doesn't matter because it was, I wasn't defending the right person. It's literally the opposite of, of abuse. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters with this. If you are not a radical leftist, if you are not a loyal Democrat, it doesn't matter. They will find a way. I think I'm officially the most centrist person to be banned from Twitter. And people, I think, have been kidding themselves to think, you know, they were just starting with obnoxious people like Alex Jones or Milo, like because it's easy to get people to go along with that because most people don't like them. But I've been saying for a long time, this line keeps moving to the center and moving to the center. And there's going to be nobody left soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of people are just very complacent with this issue and don't realize just how dire the situation is. A lot of people think, oh, this can't happen to me because I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm not hateful. I'm not an extremist. This can't happen to me. It can and it will. Yeah, you were careful. I didn't see you ever abuse anyone, ever even call any anyone uh, names. You didn't even do like um, the stuff that's kind of even allowed, but is off color, like general abuse of people, like X, Y, and Z type of people are bad. You didn't even do that. You just cited some facts. <laughs> I think you had, there was one tweet you had where you were like, I sometimes I feel this way, sometimes I feel that way. That doesn't mean like I have different genders or whatever it is, right? Um, yeah, because it's ridiculous. They're trying to tell us that fashion style makes you your own gender, which is funny because if you think about it, ironically enough, these people actually have the most narrow-minded view of gender and expression than all of us do because they think if a guy wants to dress more what's considered to be more feminine or so then that makes you that makes you not a man right they're more narrow-minded than any of us are right um and i know i know you've seen this stuff in the news lately but not only that if you're a kid and you do it they they want to immediately transition you um so. i I was reading about that last night. It, it genuinely makes me want to cry. That situation. Child abuse. Was, I mean, there's no other term. It's beyond child abuse. I feel like, I mean, how are we letting this happen? Yeah. Uh, because nobody will speak up because nobody except people like us and our friends and people who support us. The, most people will not speak up about this. Do you know, I, ha I know somebody who is so far radically left. She used to be an Antifa and even she agrees with me on this issue about children transitioning. Even she agrees with that, but yeah. she won't speak up. Nobody will. No, so, they're deathly afraid of, of, of this kind of crap getting banned from Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, you made some, you made some really interesting points. So I, in your, in your video where you explained this to people, and I want to kind of go over some of them with you, because um, I think 
you know, I, so I believe we're in a culture war. I believe we're actually in the, I, I know this is going to sound hyperbolic. Go watch Forward Observer's uh, YouTube channel if you want to argue with me, because I'm not the one making this argument. I just agree with it. I think we're actually already in a civil war. Um, I agree. And um, it sounds weird to say Twitter is, is in the midst of a civil war and they're implementing a strategy uh, that's designed to manipulate uh, public opinion. However, it's the only narrative that actually fits the facts of what they're doing. Um, and you made a really good point. It's, so if you're a low-level Twitter person, let's say this is just some random social justice warrior at Twitter that's like, I'm going to ban my Carla, right? I don't, I don't like him. I'm going to ban him. Well, presumably, eventually this would get kicked up to a manager through appeals and someone would, would has to approve that, right? But um, why wouldn't they go after like David Duke? You've mentioned David Duke still has a Twitter account. Um, Louis Farrakhan, you mentioned someone else abhorrent. Who was it? Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer, right? Richard Spencer still has a Twitter account. And plenty of other ones just like that who even have blue check marks. Right. But- um, if you think about it in terms of a war strategy, yes. you need those people on Twitter. Can you explain why? And Because I think it's a brilliant point. Well, it, it seems very clear to me that these people want you to believe that the only, because it's fun. I would say it's kind of funny that the people who think that there are 9,000 genders, when you ask them how many potential points of view are there in this world, only two. <laughs> they think you're either, you know, they're, you either agree with them in lockstep or you're a, uh, far-right extremist Nazi. But no, these people want you to think, the only ideas that they want you to see are either radical leftism or white supremacy, extremism, Nazism. They need to keep that out there. And I realized because, you know, like you said, in doing events and stuff, I've literally had people call me a Nazi. My dad is Jewish, I'm gay. I grew up around people with numbers tattooed on their arm. It's ridiculous. And it occurred to me this week why they were saying that. Because they are so conditioned to think that Nazi is the opposite of radical leftist. Right. Because that's or, all this. And that's not what any non-radical leftist is Nazi. Yeah. And that's all that they want you to see. You know, I was going through last night, I was going through uh, Louis Farrakhan's tweets and, oh, the satanic Jews, the Jews are termites, exterminate. So these motherfuckers talk about, between him and David Duke, talk about having a white ethno state, exterminate the Jews. They hate everyone, but oh, I said there are two genders. Right. Um, and Laura Loomer got kicked off for, I forget, criticizing Islam or something, right? Criticize, it's it's scarier than that. Criticizing a politician, criticizing Ilhan Omar. Elon Omar, right. I yeah. mean, think about the implications of how scary that is to have your voice taken away and be banned from the internet for criticizing a politician. And I think that's what people don't realize is that's the scariest part because I totally agree with you that this is a bit of a civil war because- uh, what I say is I really feel like right now we are living under this sort of cultural communism because think about it. Culturally, we have a one party state right now. What happens in culture or in your life if you step out of line, if you're not a Democrat, your life is over, you're fired from your job, you're labeled, you lose everything. You know, like on to be honest, like I don't ever want to sound like I'm complaining or anything, but like three or four years ago when I first started questioning the left and saying simple things like this doesn't make sense. I had no idea the price that I would pay. I had no idea that I, I just, I had no idea. I had no idea that just asking simple questions or saying the most basic things like, Hmm, that, wait, that doesn't make sense to me. What there are 97 genders, but gender is a social construct. 
There are no differences between men and women. That doesn't make sense. I had no clue that the most basic things would alter your life in such a way. I, you know what? This is a point that I think a lot of older people don't necessarily understand, right? Because they're sitting in jobs somewhere and they think Twitter like, oh, so you got banned from Twitter. Like you just save time and you're better at conversation because you're not looking at your phone. Like what's big? What's the big deal? But um, it is a big deal. You've had actually uh, job prospects yanked from under you because of Twitter already. Can you talk about uh, the impact of that a little bit? Well, I haven't yet for Twitter because that's just happened in the past couple of days. No, but no, I have. Man, but even for stuff you've written in the past. Oh, yeah, no, I have. Yeah, I've had, you know, when we had our event and uh, there was all this controversy, it was the thing saying, it was all over the press saying, you know, what horrible people we are. Um, and now I'm like scared chillest with any job I apply for that all they're going to do, it, all they have to do is Google me and they'll find I'm banned from Twitter. I'm an extremist. I'm a Nazi. I'm all of these things. And it's ridiculous. And it just feels like these people are so powerful that there's no, and the thing is what I'm, what I think is really, I don't know with this, um, they use, they will use this. So for example, when we did our walk away LGBT event, they compiled this whole dossier of our hate speech, which was all bullshit. Half of it was, were just, a couple things were just totally taken out of context. Some things were just reasonable opinions. It was nothing, right. but then they used the dossier to get our future events canceled. And so that's what this Twitter, they're going to do with this Twitter ban is, you know, everything I do for the rest of my life, whether it's just applying for a simple job or whether it's anything in my life, it will be Mike, who is such an extremist that he's banned from Twitter. David Duke isn't banned from Twitter, but Mike Harlow is. That's how much of an extremist he is. Um, right. I just saw that with Megan Murphy a, a couple days ago is, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, Megan Murphy, I don't even think she's not even a, she's a liberal, correct? Oh, she is a Marxist, actually, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, well, that's what, I'm sorry, parentheses, but that's what I'm happy that people are getting to see now with uh, all this stuff happening with Tulsi Gabbard and with people like Megan Murphy is what I've been saying for years. It has absolutely nothing to do with being conservative. It is anybody who questions their religion, their orthodox, is anybody who steps out of line. You don't have to be the least bit conservative. Right. Um, but so anyway, though, so Megan Murphy uh, is a Marxist feminist who was banned from Twitter because she said men are not women. Um, so I just saw the past couple of days she was doing some speaking event and they were using that to try to get her events canceled. She is such an extremist. She is so hateful that she's banned from Twitter. Right. So they use this. They fraudulently ban you. And then they use that to take away whatever is left of your life. Yep. And, and you know, a lot of people that are in hiring positions. Um, they, or, or, you know, people hosting events or whatever, but a lot of people in hiring, hiring positions specifically, often they're a little bit older. They're maybe not as uh, understanding of what's going on with Twitter. So they just, they use the Twitter ban as a substitute for their own judgment. They're not going to go look at your stuff and decide whether you're bad. Well, no, never. mom says you're bad. And if I hire you, the mob will go, like, even if I disagree, the mob will go after us because we hired someone who was you know, quote, banned from Twitter and it's horrible. They must be a Nazi, blah, blah, blah. Like, yep. it just avoid the whole thing. It's like a scarlet letter. It is. And that's, and that's what not being a leftist today feels like in every aspect. It feels like a scarlet letter. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to the, the war, um, I'll, I'll say analogy, but I actually think it's real war. Getting back to the war, um, if, you, if you think about just, just try this idea on for a second. If you are 
a propaganda machine or uh, trying to manipulate the public for a certain idea. The people you want to ban actually aren't the boogeymen that scare everyone. It's not the David Dukes. It's the people who are reasonable, who make reasonable arguments against your side. That's the, that's the narrative because it, you, can, you can point at that and say, look, here are the bad people you, and we're the only alternative. And all the reasonable arguments against what they're saying are just gone, they're silenced. Um, that's the environment that they want to set up and it's exactly what they're doing. And it's why, look, I don't think Milo was that, unre- like Milo wasn't no. unreasonable. No. Um, and don't get me wrong. I wouldn't exactly say, I used to like him. I wouldn't exactly say I'm a fan. He has said a lot of things that I don't agree with and that I don't condone, but he did not do what he was accused of to be banned on Twitter. I know because actually I was, it's funny because this whole thing was actually the first thing that woke me up to how dishonest the media was. Because I remember I was literally looking at Milo's Twitter about five seconds before he got banned and there was nothing of what they said. Right. Right. And then they all just reported it as fact. He did, whether you love him or hate him, he did not do what he was accused of. He did not incite racist violence against Leslie Jones. Right. But and, that's what's so scary is that really showed me the power the media has over people's minds because then people knew that I liked him at the time and I was losing friends because it was the person who incited racist violence and people don't even bother they just believe everything they read. The media has such power over people's minds that they, if they print it, it becomes true. And these people think that if they keep saying something enough times, it becomes the truth. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in Milo's case, Twitter didn't even claim that it was banned for that. He was banned for that. Twitter has been intentionally vague, but the media decided that it was- Twitter being vague? <laughs> right. But the media was like, oh, it's because he incited a racist uh, mob against Leslie Jones. That's why he was banned. Um, and you're right. It's it's uh, and it wasn't true, also. Um, so, yeah, I think I don't agree with Milo either. But the the danger that Milo um, posed to the left was that he did bring valid criticism against a lot of leftist uh, talking points, and so uh, radical leftist talking points. Yeah. And so that made him a threat. Um, and I think the same, look, Gavin McGinnis made people laugh about le- leftists. That made him a threat. Um, you know, and I met Gavin McGinnis. He is not some horrible person. You know, again, yeah, he said a lot show, of things. Right? What's that? You were on Gavin's show. Yeah, Carrie and I were. And, you know, believe me, we knew the cost we would pay for that. We knew that the rest of our lives, it would be Mike and Carrie who have been in the same room as Gavin McGinnis. But we went there for a simple reason because nobody is going to tell us who we can and cannot have a conversation with. Um, and again, Gavin has said a lot of things that I don't condone in any way, but I've met it. But I think, you know, I think they talk about bigotry and hate and all that shit. And as somebody who's considered to be some minority, I think that when somebody is actually hateful, they don't have to say a word. You can just tell it's a vibe. You can feel it in two seconds. And I did not get that at all, at all from Gavin. So I, I don't buy that he's this monster that they've portrayed him as. And, you know, for me personally, what really scares me is that if you look at, first of all, they were two of the most influential people in 2016, them amongst others who were banned, they've been made to disappear. And when you look at every person who's been banned from Twitter, most of them have just been totally unpersoned. So 
uh, this, I don't know this just feels like a career death sentence for me, but, but I just really want to, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or anything. I really want to be very clear that this is not at all in any way about me. This is about that. Every single one of you will continue to be banned because if somebody as boring and milquetoast as me can get banned, it can happen to anyone. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, you, you only had what 3,600 followers. It's yeah. Not, you weren't millions of followers. I, I really, thanks Carter. <laughs> yeah. you're nobody mike uh no I mean, look i i think it's because they could see that you can watch someone's growth you can see that they're be starting to be influential and it's much easier to shut them down now like it's easier to shut you down now than when you do have a million followers and they can see uh oh this guy might be the next i'm not that you agree with milo and everything but oh he might be the next milo he might be the next like person saying outrageous critical things of what we uh of our belief system that other people will will like um, but I don't, yeah. that's what, that's one thing that really bothers me though, is that I don't think I say outrageous things. I think with Milo, he wants to shock people with me. I want to persuade people. I want us to all get along and be friends. Like, that's a good um, point. but, uh, sorry for, oh yeah. But well, here's interesting. Something interesting too, is I think in about the week or so before I got banned from Twitter, I was really kind of gaining some traction on there. I had gone from getting maybe like 50 likes per tweet to a hundred to 500 to a thousand. Like I, like you said, I really was just gaining some momentum on there. So it seems like odd timing. I mean, I think it's intentional timing, right? I mean, because you don't have the platform to make a big enough stink right now. Um, but you might have in six months, you might have a much, you might've had a much bigger platform to, to call attention to this. I feel um, like not now I won't. Well, and I mean, but I, I think, uh, Maybe this is the moment where we use you as an example, though. The community uses you as an example of someone who, you know, you're right. You didn't say outrageous things. You brought some facts to the table. The ban is completely unjustified, even by their own standards, which are crappy standards. Um, so, you know. Well, and I think um, so one thing, too, is I think, you know, over the past year, I've met a lot of people who have who are in this, who have very big followings and stuff. How many of them will speak up for me? Basically zero. My friend, you know, it depends one, on followings and they're worried. Yeah. You know, uh, one or two of my friends have been amazing and supported me. Other than that, I've had from these people with big followings, I have had less than zero support. And I don't mean people that, oh, I'm trying to reach out to like Tim Pool or something, but like people that I know. And I think, I think, honestly, I think a lot of them are very cowardly. They think that they can just, ooh, hide in the corner, keep quiet, and maybe they'll be the last ones to be banned. Maybe they won't get banned for another year. And also, mark my words, this is, you know, I mean, first of all, Google is on tape saying that their goal is to prevent Trump from getting reelected. Right. We just saw, if you just saw what Steven Crowder did the other night, he exposed how YouTube is suppressing Tulsi Gabbard. So there's, they are really ramping this up for the next election because I really think that Democrats know that they can't win. They cannot win with all the crazy shit that they're for. They cannot win. And they know that. So the only way is to try and shut people down. And mark my words, within the next, we have another year to go before the election. Within the next year, you are going to see people get banned from social media that you never would have imagined would get banned. The most milquetoast, middle of the road people are going to get banned. Yep. Yep. I mean, you saw even, you know, Zuckerberg, uh, Zuckerberg had his hearing yesterday and you could see the attitude of the Congress people there uh, with respect to political ads. Um, 
and yelling at him for like, you're not going to fact check ads. And it's like, well, but they don't. Does CNN fact check ads? What? Does CNN fact check ads? Does TV fact check ads? So they're right, trying to hold them to your different standards. Fact check billboards? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right? Well, that and that's why I think that deep down they know it was the internet that destroyed leftism. Because before they had control over the flow of information, they had a total monopoly on the information that we could receive. Now, when they say crazy shit that's not true, we can go and look it up and they have to put a stop to that. I think um, that point needs to be underlined, Mike, because I, I believe that leftist ideology requires control because it's- And ignorance. Reality. So- if you have access to what's really going on in reality, you can't continue to be a leftist. You need, they need to control the narrative. Um, yeah. And that's why, that's why you've got all the big authoritarian. And when I say left, by the way, I'm talking about the authoritarian left yeah. right now. When you've got, you know, that's why China, they control the media. The Soviet Union controlled the propaganda. Um, East Germany, they controlled the media. That's why totalitarian governments control the media. It's because of that. Um, and by the way, Maria Tuscan, who, uh, do you know who she is, Mike? She's the, the knitter that we've, uh, we've, oh yes. I've heard you guys tell me about her. Yeah. She's, uh, she's in the chat right now. And she was saying, yes, the cowardice of our friends and colleagues is one of the worst things. Oh, Um, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Cause she was so hard on that. What's that? She's a, she was abandoned also, right? Everyone just ran screaming. Yep. Um, that's one thing where I will say, you know, like I said with Milo, I think a lot of it he did to himself. He has a lot of fault. But one thing he was right about is he said, when you're banned from something, everybody disconnects. It's like you have the plague. Yep. Yep. I mean, we won't disconnect. You can come on here as often as you uh, want. Not you guys. You guys have been so amazing. Like, I was like fucking crying watching that episode you did about me the other Like, it means so much to me. And you did, guys did that when nobody was fucking speaking for me. So, Really, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Thank you. I, look, I just wish we had. I wish we had more followers for. for uh, you. you will. Where are you going now? Like, are you going to stay on Facebook? Are you worried about Facebook eventually banning you? Like, what's your plan? Um, for me personally, I know a lot of people have, but for me personally, I've never had any problems with Facebook. Um, I've always thought, personally at least, that they seem to be less bad than the other ones. Um, yeah, I mean, I have Facebook. I have Instagram. Um, it's really frustrating though, because it's like, you know, you, I start a YouTube channel and I start gaining an audience and my videos start going from 1000 views to 5,000 views to 10,000 views to 30,000 views. And, and then finally I hit the benchmark where my videos can be monetized. And then there was the whole Vox adpocalypse where they start suppressing my videos. They demonetize everything. So now I'm lucky to get a couple hundred views on something. Um, Everything, you know, in the, it was like a week between when my channel was monetized and when they changed their policies. And in that week I made no new videos, but I made like 40 bucks in ad revenue just from old videos. That was in a week. Then they changed their policies in the time since it's been five months from then until now, when I've made many new videos, many live streams, I've made $2 and 36 cents in ad revenue. Jesus. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, it just feels, and it's not about the money. It's just the principle of it. It just feels so hopeless. It feels like these people have unlimited power and there's nothing you can do. It's like you, 
gain an audience on YouTube, they'll suppress your videos and take away your monetization. You start gaining some traction on Twitter, they'll ban you from Twitter. It just feels fucking hopeless. Yeah, but you're exactly right. I mean, even our videos, we, you know, I, I'm, I'm pulled up our channel right now, like all, almost all the, mon- there's a few where monetization is on, almost all of them are limited. Um, yeah. Because. And the appeals get denied too, always. Yeah, the appeals get denied. Um, you know, not that we're trying to make money off of YouTube. No, same. But if we were in this for the money, we would. This is the last thing we would be doing. <laughs> right. But you know, but they—that's just the stuff that you can measure and see. The other thing that they're yeah. doing, since they're limiting your ads, you know what they're also doing is limiting your. Uh, you, you don't show up in the right sidebar as much anymore. Yep. You don't get recommended. Like they're really eating into how many people. They don't want people seeing what you have to say. Um, it's just so for, and then, you know, you post a, the Facebook algorithm hides YouTube videos. So then you post about it on Facebook and they can't see that either. So it's, it's like, what's left, what, right. what can I do? Like what it, it feels so hopeless. It really does, but I'm never going to give up. I'm never, you know, I think I just wish that more big influential people would speak out the way that we are. Do you do you have plans to like do gab or something like uh, equivalent? Uh, I I think I made an account on there a long time ago. I haven't really done anything yet. I'll take a look at it. Maybe. I mean, look, we have an account too, but we don't use it very much. Yeah, it doesn't seem like like I used it for like a day, and it felt like I was you know shouting into an empty hallway. <laughs> this is the my main thing is Facebook. You need the big people to leave Twitter and move somewhere all on mass. Yeah. Um, but I think because they're cowardly, they're going to do what you're, you know, what you're saying. They're going to wait until and hope that they're the last person that the, gets thrown into the gulag. They, th- they think it won't happen to them. And believe me, like, I understand that because I thought even, which is stupid, because with everything I know, a week ago, I thought it couldn't happen to me either. What, what I can't be permanently banned. What am I saying that's so terrible? But please, if you are somebody who is seeing this and who is complacent, Believe me, if this can happen to me, it can happen to you. It can happen to anyone. Because I really think that I'm pretty boring by comparison. I think I'm pretty middle of the road. I mean, you don't, I don't hear you say, I don't even, I wouldn't even have guessed that you were center right. I would, I kind of just feel center to me generally. Um, I don't hear yes. you say anything outrageous. It, but, you know, like you said, they don't want, I feel like that's, almost more of a threat that they don't want reasonable independent types. So who has like, I mean, shout out to who, who has actually been helping you the most? Is there, are there people that are like you guys and my, and of course my friend, Brandon is amazing. He's my good friend, (laughs) Uh, my good friend, Brandon. And of course, all of my uh, people who follow me, my friends who are amazing. Um, that's about it. My friend, Sean, actual justice warrior. Other than that. Did you say actual <laughs> justice warrior? Yeah. That's my friend. Sean has a YouTube channel. That's the <laughs> same. <laughs> that's a good name. Uh, are you thinking about like, I know um, Dylan law is representing Megan Murphy in a suit against Twitter. Are you, do you have any, like, uh, I would, I would love. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't know what the, um, I don't know if that's possible, but I am speaking to, because we actually already have a suit pending for defamation from one of these things. So uh, I am going to be speaking to my lawyer tonight. So we'll see. I'm not sure, but 
I, I mean, I really think that there should be some sort of class action from all these people because you actually made a great point the other day that there is also an element of fraud to this because you sign up for an account. They say, these are the rules. These are the terms of services and you abide by them. You don't break them and they still ban you. Right. And, and they, you know, that's the thing that bothers me the most. I mean, I'm a free market guy, so I don't want Facebook and Twitter regulated heavily, but I do want people to have to live up to their word. If I buy an iPhone and they ship me an empty box, then I, I should like, that's not an iPhone. You lied. Yes, I want my money that's... back. And similarly, when I contribute content and help build the platform, because I'm told from the outset that that platform supports free speech and Jack, their CEO goes up even last year in front of Congress and promises that they're not they don't, you know, they implement the rules objectively and it's not pol about political ideology, uh, but then get banned. That's the same as, fr that's fraud. And my, I don't yeah, I don't understand I why that's just not outright fraud because Twitter wouldn't exist. Would you have joined Twitter if they told you in 2009, hey, Mikey, uh, we're just going to ban you when we don't like stuff you have to say about trans people, but you're welcome God, to no. put your effort into our platform. God, no. Or YouTube, if they said, we're going to hide all your videos, we're, no, we're going to screw you out of money, we're going to, you know? Right. No, of course not. Um, the only place where I'll disagree is I do think, like, look, obviously, I, nobody want, nobody, I don't think, wants sweeping regulations of these. You don't want the government controlling them. I, but I do think there needs to be some sort of law. And I think that, that literally only needs to be one sentence long. Uh, tech companies must uphold the free speech of their users. And if you want to make an official list of reasons that you can't do violence or impersonation, like some very basic things that aren't, that are very specific, fine. But I think, because the thing is when we, these companies, when they operate in China, when they operate in Saudi Arabia, they abide by the, by the laws there. They, you know, Facebook helps Saudi Arabia imprison people for blasphemy. Not only did they uphold that, they helped the government do it. So yet they're going to be taking away, sorry, <laughs> free speech here. Yeah. And, mean, another, and another point is people talk about, oh, uh, meddling in foreign elections. Twitter, which is an American company, uh, took away people's Twitter campaign Twitter accounts. It was Sargon of Akkad and someone else that they took away their campaign account in the UK. Twitter is an American company. That's not meddling in foreign elections. Right. Absolutely. It is. And, you know, this is just the difference. I think, you know, this is your centrism in my yeah. extreme, extreme libertarianism. But, um, you know, one thing I'll point out, though, is that the law laws are irrelevant if you have a culture that doesn't want to enforce them. And I would argue, yes. I think they're already violating the law. And I look, we have a law. I think it's uh, I forget. It's like Section 230 of the I think it's Communications Decency. Act. I forget what it is. CDA Communication Decency Act, um, where you are, if you're a platform, you are, so normally like the New York Times is liable if they say something, if they like, if they do so, theoretically they're liable. Now they're never held accountable, but theoretically, if you're, if you're an editor, you're liable for things people say on your platform. There's an exception for Facebooks and Twitters because they're not editorializing. So the idea is like, well, if you don't get involved in editorializing, then we're not gonna hold you accountable for libel because that's unfair. Which, and that makes sense if you think about like, if I've got, if I'm clear channel and I've got billboards all around, you're not going to hold me accountable if some jerkwad, you know, yeah. buys an ad on my billboard and posts something that's, that's defamatory. That's not my fault. It's their fault. But Facebook. But they are editorializing. They are editorializing, right? They do it by 
banning Mike Harlow is editorializing. It's changing the narrative of like, it's choosing what stories and what uh, get to show up and what gets to be talked about and what doesn't. And I, I think, honestly, I think we have the law for this. Just no one gives a crap about it. I hope so. I mean, I am going to definitely pursue that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so, I, I really think that a lot of people don't see just how dire what's happening is. And, and here's another point too, is, you know, I've been saying for years, and I'm sure you guys have been saying the same thing, that what we've been seeing through culture, the control that the left has, that's been happening through culture and through corporations, and that that will very soon shift to being state law. That's what's happened in every other country. If you look at Canada, if you look at the UK, where you have comedians being thrown in jail for jokes, that will very quickly happen here. You know, we have a constitution now, but you have people who want to chip away at the second amendment, want to chip away at the first amendment. And how far will that really go? So I don't know if you saw this, but recently in Massachusetts, uh, a a state legislator there who's Democrat wanted to pass a law to make the word bitch illegal. I saw that. Then in California, you had them pass a law where independent journalists and independent freelance writers, which is what I am, um, are not allowed by law now to write more than 35 articles in a year. Yep. I mean, these people are communists. They are authoritarians. They want to control everything you can say and do. They want to control every facet of your life. And, and if you look at that Massachusetts thing, for example – Bitch. I mean, that's the most innocuous word there is. Why are they starting with that word? It is very deliberate because then they can say, oh, we banned bitch and we're not going to ban the N word. We're not going to ban the F word. We're not going to ban the C word. We're not, I don't know if you want me to say it, but <laughs> um, we're not, then they'll have to ban all these other things. Yeah, no, I, you're right. My, my biggest fear is, and this is an argument I have with a friend of mine who uh, he's like very much about, I mean, I love the guy. And he watches often. I don't see him in chat right now, but uh, he 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 really wants to have like, oh, we need to fix the constitution to do these things to prevent X, X Y, and Z. And I, I agree with him uh, about what he wants to do, except for the fact that the constitution is only as strong as the people enforcing it. So if we yes. have a Supreme Court who doesn't give a crap about the First Amendment, like that law in Massachusetts is, is unconstitutional. If it passed, it would be unconstitutional. Uh, but if we don't, if we have a Supreme Court that doesn't care. It doesn't matter. And and if we have judges that don't care, if we have judges like the ones who are going to force a sex change on a seven-year-old. Yep. Yeah. And then it's really scary. People do not realize just how dire things are right now. This is really the turning point where either we can salvage what's happened and salvage some sort of freedom or it'll be too late. And I don't mean to sound overdramatic in that, but people continue refusing to speak out. I mean- Um, do you know how many people tell me in private that they agree with everything I say? They totally agree, but they would never say that in public. Like, so it's because, you know, if, if people were being honest and there was some polling done on these issues, like how many people think there are 97 genders, how many people support three-year-olds transitioning genders? I can't imagine that at least 80, 90% of people wouldn't agree with us. Maybe let's say 75%, you know, um, it's the vast majority of people, but nobody, but the thing is, is that the vast majority of the vast majority will not speak up. Well, and I, I think it's, 
I mean, you've got, if you take a look at where we are, we've got, uh, so the government is always going to lean left. That's just what big governments do. They're, they're always going to start moving towards the left and, and, and to seize power. That's what, that's what governments do generally by their nature. But you've got academia, you've got the media, um, yeah. and you've got uh, government institutions, all really controlled by, I mean, they're not representative of the population at large. Their ideology is is skewed very far left, very far left compared to the regular, the rest of the population. And so I think these people aren't speaking up because the, the people in power, I mean, talk about, talk about the systemic racism or systemic oppression or whatever. The system is controlled by leftists by and large. Um, and I, Mike, I get the same thing. I'm in Silicon Valley. So many people are like, I love your show. Uh, I watch it all the time. I listen to it. I, I just get like, don't, I'm on boards. I'm on boards anonymously of companies because like, oh, we need your advice, blah, blah, blah. But, and I, and I like everything you say. I just can't let anyone know that I like anything you say. You have to be cowards. Like, non grata. It's like, all right. Fucking um, cowards. But there's, I, I get it. I get why there's. No, scared. I do too. Like I said, you know, I, honestly, I've really paid a hefty price for that. Like I, there are days where I feel like I've just ruined my life by, speaking up um so i get it but the thing is if everybody spoke up if it were 90 percent of people 80 percent, 70 percent, even there's no way even even if it were just every trump supporter that's 63 million people and it's definitely not just every trump supporter because that doesn't include you and i um right it would be so many people that there would be no way for this to happen it actually it's fun Oddly enough, it, there's a quote from Harvey Milk back in the day where he said that every gay person, if they want to know what they can do to help, come out. Because if you come out, there would be so many that there would be no way to have mass discrimination. And that's really what's going on here. Try if every out person came out, what'd you say? I, I said, try coming out as a non-SJW. Yeah. I mean, but if everybody did, they would have no, they would have to see that it's everybody you know. It's your friends, it's your neighbors, it's your family. Not We're not all friggin' Nazis. Right. That's not I, what it's about. K Carrie and I disagree about this, so this is not representative of her, of her but you know, you're worried about the country, like, will it survive? Like, will, will we survive this? Um, I, I don't wanna be cynical, but I think the answer is clearly no, not in our current form. There's no way this country's gonna survive this in its current form, but, but, Parts of it might survive somewhere, like. But I, I think there are too, there are too many people in power who are authoritarian leftists to, like, to to not they're they're gonna they're gonna get something out of this. Um, I don't know what that's gonna like, but uh, be like. But I, I just I think it was it Lenin. I don't know. I think it was Lenin or someone someone. I, I might be wrong that it was Lenin, but someone someone said when they were during their rise to power, they said uh, to their friend. There are now six people in the world who fully understand our plans. Victory is inevitable, right? And, oh, the, and the, the truth is like most, that's people, scary. most people are going to follow what goes on. So there needs to be uh, outspoken active leaders that are opposed to this for to, to, to arm people with ideas and to arm people with um, the willpower and motivation to fight back and come out as not SJW. Um, and I think that's that a point that I think a lot of people are afraid that if they oppose this shit, that that makes them 
a conservative, it makes them a Republican. So I really hope that people will see it has absolutely nothing to do with that. We can disagree about taxes and abortion and whatever. It has nothing to do with that. Um, They will come out. It is about control and submission, and they will come after anyone who steps out of line. Look at how they treat Tulsi Gabbard. She's a Russian agent now. She was a homophobe before. She was everything. Now she's a Russian agent. And it's amazing. Oh, it makes me so mad. Because last election, do you know how many times I was told, you hate Hillary because she's a woman? Really? Well, now is it, do you hate Tulsi Gabbard because she is a woman of color? No, never that. No, Notice how those rules... This is exactly what you said in your article is, you know, you have to, oh, black voices must be heard and gay voices, and female voices must be heard unless it's one that says something they don't like. So it, it's not a black voice or a gay voice or a female voice. It is a leftist voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that. And with with Tul- Tulsi is an interesting case, too, to me, because, um, I, you know, you mentioned that the left is about control. And if you look at how they treat, let's just pick Hillary Clinton just as an example, or maybe not even Hillary, let's pick any of the other politicians. Beto is a great example. Beta is a great example, right? Um, I will not stand to be disparaged. Right. They don't care. They don't care what your past position on policies was. They care that when they tell you to jump, you say how high. Oh, the new dogma is X. Do you accept the new dogma? If your answer is no, I actually stood by a principle and I'm sticking to that principle. That's when they throw you under the bus. They don't care what the principle is because a lot of times what they say is totally contradictory and, and changes, but they want to see that you will fall in line to the mob. And if you will, they'll support you. And if you won't, well, you're being ostracized. And Tulsi was one of the few people who took a long time to fall in line about the impeachment stuff. She mm. didn't fall in line on other stuff. They've, they've tried to push things on the Democrats and you can watch them. They, they, they put an idea out and you can watch all the Democratic candidates just fall over like dominoes and like, oh, yep, that's the thing I say now. Great. They all say it. And the yeah. one who doesn't, they're the villain. That's the thing is, you know, if you look at the last night I took the political compass test, if you look at that, there are four boxes and people think that the divide right now is left versus right is uh, liberal versus conservative. It is not. It is the top box versus the bottom box is libertarian versus authoritarian. Yep. And as far as I'm concerned, like, don't get me wrong. There are lots of things like the impeachment annoys me or reparation. There are things where she's definitely had kind of had to pander because she's still running as a Democrat. However, I think it eventually cave on the impeachment a little. Yeah. Yeah. But I think on all the things that matters for all intents and purposes, Tulsi Gabbard and Donald Trump are on the same side as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's the other thing, right? The left has been uh, viewed as, or at least uh, advertises themselves as the anti-war party, right? Trump does all the things Obama promised he would do, but didn't yep. do because he was a lying piece of crap. And, and those are all the reasons that I voted for Obama. Right. And suddenly Trump is vilified because, oh my God, how could you not support the Kurds? Because we want to get the hell out of the Middle East. That's why. It's yep. none of our freaking business. There's this great meme. I got to find it and send it to you where it's like, they're like, put troops on the border. And he's like, okay. And they're like, no, that border, the Turkey right. one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's I mean, what do you, uh, what do you think, by, by the way, before I ask that question, uh, you're spot on with your, um, your point that it's not about left versus right. It's about authoritarian versus libertarian. This is my, the way I've always worded it um, is 
is it's about people who want more and bigger government with big greater control over your lives or less and smaller government with less control over your lives like those that's the actual political spectrum yeah um but i think it's not even about I think it's not even about that much at this point. It is our most fundamental things that are on the line. It is literally freedom versus communism because that is yeah. what we are. People don't realize it sound, that sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory thing to say, communism. But that's what we are living under right now in our culture. This is a one party state right now. And that's not what America is supposed to be. I don't want I don't want everyone to agree with me. I want to have friends who are liberals and Bernie support, whatever we can all, but what we should be able to agree on is our most basic fundamental core values of free speech, of say, you can say what you think you can, of children shouldn't, three-year-olds shouldn't be getting sex changes. Right. right. Actually, I, I will just say, um, you know, when it comes to the issue of, I mean, even just look at how they fetishize the most obscure things. So another thing that I posted on Twitter was um, transgender people are about 0.3 to 0.6% of the population. And the vast, vast, vast majority of them just want to be treated like any other man or woman. They don't want some special recognition. There's never been all this bullshit. Trans people have existed for all of friggin' time and there were never any problems until now that radical ideological nut jobs attach themselves to them. So the vast majority of that 0.3 to 0.6% just want to be any other man or woman. So if you think of the people who who think that they're too special to be a man or a woman, at the absolute, absolute most, that's 0.1% of the population. Yet we have to bend over backwards. We have to change the English language, change bathrooms, change locker rooms, change everything in our society to appease 0.1% of radicals. There's a reason for that. It's like they're going... And I, I really think that this issue in terms of there being two genders, you know, a lot of people have said to me, why can't you just give in on this one thing? You don't have to believe it. Just go along with it. Just say, it'll make your life a lot easier. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. Because I think that this in a way is one of the most important issues. This is the issue that dictates every other issue, because this is the issue where we draw a line in the sand and decide that we will not allow radical ideologues to decide that truth is not truth science is not science and biology is not biology because if they can just bully us and socially ostracize and pressure us into accepting a reality which is scientifically biologically and factually false what can they not pressure us into accepting right it's an epistemological it's an epistemological inversion right it's a okay we're going to give up on enlightenment epistemology by the way i realize i just like nodded my head as if i'm very smart and understand what epistemological means sorry sorry uh i I was like oh yes of course epistemological oh i'm smart uh yeah i sorry i'll for maybe people sorry i talk about philosophy a lot so um epistemology is the, the branch of philosophy that deals with the theory of knowledge how do you know something is true like how do you validate knowledge how do you know if something is true or not right is it my i feel it therefore it's true or is it like yeah. we have the scientific method and and the enlightenment western civilization is built on rational epistemology it's this idea that we hey science is scientific method there's reason there's logic we we test a hypothesis if reality is contradictory to it we change our hypothesis like that's the epistemology okay. that we live by normally and this is an attempt philosophically to get us 
to flip epistemology on this one issue. And once they've yes. done that, now the floodgates are open. And it really, it's, it's um, if you accept that because someone wants something to be true, therefore you should uh, throw away science and allow it to be true, there's no end to that. I mean, every, every psychosis, no, every form of psychosis is enabled by that one yes. crack in the wall. Yep. I, I think I'm the queen of England. Therefore, treat me like the fucking queen of England. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I believe I'm a heart surgeon. Give me a job. Or what about otherkins, people who think that they are animals? Why is that any more ridiculous than being a demiboy? Oh, that will be next. I know. Well, that's the thing. If we don't take, and then we'll have to accept it. And, you know, also there are a lot of people who say about like, oh, pedophilia in the LGBT thing. And I think certain parts of that is like just some right wing talking point, but there is a bit of truth behind it because we see that there is no line. Anything goes, tolerate everything, accept everything. And when the day comes and it is coming that we're supposed to accept that it will absolutely be couched in the same language of LGBT. That yes. they, that's how they are. You just have to accept it. You're a bigot. You know, you're pointing out something really uh, interesting to me also, which is it's the, it's the left who goes on and on about consent, right? Um, you know, we both get tipsy at a party. We sleep together. You decide you didn't like it. So therefore it wasn't consent. And, you know, I get thrown in jail or whatever it is, right? That's, that's all the leftist. That's the thing. Consent, 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 right? I think, I think schools now have lists of check marks, like, you know, may I take off your dress? May I unbutton your blouse? How romantic. Right? Yeah. So they've got all this consent, but when it comes to children who literally cannot consent to gender reassignment, like they can't consent. They don't understand. It's why kids can't get married. It's why they can't sign contracts. It's why, uh, um, it's why we don't let kids, um, vote, right? Like, they can't, maybe consent isn't voting, but kids can't consent. It's why you can't, it's why there's statutory rape. Kids can't consent. Yeah. Kids can't consent. It's crazy. Like, you know, what I always talk about with, um, ooh, sorry, my, my roommate's dog is climbing on me, sorry. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I always talk about with this issue of kids transitioning, you know, when I was 16, here, I'll show you. I cover it up every chance I get. When I was 16, I used Are a fake ID. Are we going again, Mike? Not that much of a whore at the moment. Um, when I was 16, I used a fake ID to get a Green Day tattoo. <laughs> that is how capable minors are of making lifelong choices about their body. And that's when I was 16, not three, not right. five, not seven. And yeah. I've regretted it every day since I've had it. <laughs> I, can you turn it into something? I don't know. Maybe. I got to check that out at some point. <laughs> but that, well, but you know, that's that's why... We shouldn't let minors get tattoos. And I mean, this is beyond comprehension. And another thing too is, um, I don't know if you've heard about these HIV disclosure laws. That oh my passing. God, nothing pisses me off worse than that. Oh, same. Say, uh, it, it's ahead, Honestly, it's it difficult is. to talk about because, you know, first of all, if this affected wealthy, affluent feminists, there would be fucking riots. I yep. mean, like you, po- like you just pointed out, these people say that if, for example, um, sorry, if, for example, uh, a man sleeps with a woman and lies to her about totally innocuous details like his wealth or his height or whatever, it's rape. But lying to somebody to intentionally give them HIV isn't. Yep. 
It's sick. It is sick. And the thing is that this is under the guise of uh, gay rights. This is literally putting gay men at harm towards sexual predators who mean them harm. It's, this isn't about people. This isn't about people who are living with HIV and would never do something like this. This is about sexual predators. I mean, it's, honestly, it's their it's attempted murder. Yeah, you you can like if you infect someone with a disease that you know is potentially deadly, and you do that intentionally. I don't know how that's not attempted murder. No, it's it's sick. So it seems so. Anyway, though, it seems like there is just no line to what we have to accept. There is no limit. It will just keep getting more extreme. And at what point, what needs to happen for people to speak up? And that's not enough. Like, again, again, that's another issue where every gay person I know in private agrees with me. None right. of them will speak up. Well, because you don't want to be terrified to have sex with someone who's like, well, maybe they're hiding from me the fact that they have HIV. Because, yeah. you know, it's, they're allowed it's sick. So I just, I don't see what needs to happen if not three-year-olds having sex changes, if not making it legal to give someone HIV, if not uh, criminalizing words. What needs to happen? I don't understand. Like what, at what point will these people say enough is enough? I mean, I don't want to get like too, I don't want to step back too much and get like too broad strokes, but I mean, maybe part of the problem is like, we're pretty soft as a society way. Like everything's pretty comfortable. And so- you know, it's for a lot of people, they go to work, they do their job. Some people say some crazy things. They, they maybe read about some shit on the internet that sounds horrible. They go home, they watch Netflix and, and they hear you on YouTube say, the sky is falling. You know, why aren't you guys stopping it? And they're like, well, I don't know. I got my Netflix and my dominoes. Like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Right. And there won't be a problem until there is. And then the problem will be unsolvable. Yeah, I agree. I think that's true. Um, like, I disagree a little bit with what you said before that there's no, like, I think we can fight this. I think Democrats losing elections is very key to that because there still is one person, one vote. Um, but yeah, and, you know, another thing I was going to say, I said this the other day, especially when I saw them trying to criminalize words and all of this stuff. And also, you know, like I said, I'm a freelance writer. If I lived in California right now, I would be out of work. Most articles pay like 25 bucks. And you can only write 35. So, um, you know, like I said, Republicans suck. They are horrible. I get it. The Republican Party is shit. They are extremely flawed. They are very, 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 very flawed. However, I honestly feel like right now, at least Democrats losing, but the only option right now is Republicans. So I honestly feel that Republicans being in office is the only thing standing between us and this ideology taking control of everything, which it already has taken control of almost everything, but then you add the government to that, there would be no going back. So for me, I'm vehemently voting for Republicans and I will just use my voice and my advocacy to try and change the bullshit in the Republican party and to get them to be more in line with what their core founding values are supposed to be. I mean, like, I'm not a cultist. I'm not just going to accept, I'm not going to, you know, because I think TDS, go, Trump derangement syndrome goes both ways. There are definitely people who think he walks on water. So I'm never going to be one of those types. I will always call them out and criticize them because I want them to be better, but I'm absolutely going to vote for them. 
Well, I mean, Republicans often, this is the thing that's frustrating for me as someone who spent a long time as a libertarian now and cap, but uh, Republicans always run on pretty libertarian, like slash classically liberal ideas. I mean, with the exception of sometimes they, they admit they're a little bit more warmongery, although now they're not. Um, but because not because they stopped being warmongery, because the Democrats caught up to them. But yeah, you know, they used they they run on like, oh, we're gonna you know get rid of regulation, we're gonna be smaller government. Like they they run on stuff that sounds kind of what a lot of people want, but they don't ever ever do it. And I, I think for me, the thing with voting for politicians is, and this is why I actually like. Look, there's a lot of crap I hate about Trump. Right. Yeah. Um, but for me, she would just stop talking. I'm going to make that like a hashtag. Dear Mr. President, stop talking. But some of the talking is good. And here's why no, I, yes. you may disagree with this, but mm-hmm. about this. But for me, um, I don't uh, I think because I think we're in war right now. And part of that war is a cultural war. And this is an ideological war. Um, I see the biggest threat is this radical social justice left ideology. And I think the, the only people that I can get motivated to vote for are people who explicitly see it and stand against it. Yes. Because if they don't, they will be consumed by it. And yeah. the one thing Trump does is he sees it and he stands against it. Now, he does a whole bunch of crap wrong that I don't like, but he does those things. And in the cultural war, to me, that's super, super important. That's that's everything right now, I think. Um, for me, I'm a one-issue voter right now. I think the most important issue is the fact that we are living under cultural communism. We have every powerful entity in this country, academia, the media, corporations, entertainment, tech, social, every entity in this country is in alignment. Everyone is ideologically aligned. Everyone is pushing more censorship. Everyone is pushing one political party. Can you imagine if we then put the government in alignment with that, it would be the end of having any rights. So yep. I am voting for the party that will prevent that. And also it's not about electing Republicans. It's about electing the right Republicans because I think that that's the best thing Trump has done is he has made all of those neocons irrelevant. I mean, they're still around, they still have power, but I think there's a huge desire at least now to get them out. Yeah, I mean, I think in many ways he's not—he's not really a Republican, right? No, he's not he's not a Republican. He's just a—that's his best quality, <laughs> right? Right. He's just a populist who, you know, instead of trying to run third party in the general election, he ran in the Republican primary and won. Um, and so we call him Republican, but he's not—he's not actually Republican. And you can see that by how much the Republican Party hated him at the beginning. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, um, sorry, parentheses, but just. Uh, what did I say about Twitter? There's something I wanted to mention that I forgot because I saw, I can still see on my Twitter app. I can see stuff. Uh, or oh, Well, I can't see stuff on the front. I can't see other people's tweets, but I can see my notifications and I can search for stuff. Huh. I can't, I can't see like the, you know, your feed. I can't yep. see that. But, um, but yeah, so I can see, like I can search for like the hashtag. So anyway, though, I saw a couple people tweeted to you last night. It's interesting. Um, three different people, searched my page and three different things came up. So Twitter can't even make up its mind with that. Um, one of them, it said that I blocked them, which I didn't, of course. So right. one, it said, one, it said, there's no account. Another one said there was an account, but I never tweeted. And another said I blocked them. So I think that confirms what I already suspected, that this is no algorithm. This is a person, because how does that happen? 
you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to speak to how it happens because who, who the hell knows, but yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, Oh great. He's back. But then I uh, went and when I go to you here, I'll go to you right now. Uh, Mikey, the Harlow count suspended. So yeah, um, there was one where it was like, you've been blocked. Yeah. That might be like, I, yeah. Who oh. knows? Who knows? But, I'll check. I'll check right now, though. Yes. So, still, as of this moment, no response. And also, I had, um, I kept responding to Twitter. I kept filing new appeals and shit, and they've just totally stopped responding. Period. Oh, they're not responding to your appeals anymore. No. I mean, I had t- been told with my first, maybe first couple appeals that they were denied, and now they just don't respond. Did Did they give you anything? Uh, anything more? Or was the last thing the still no. the big crap? No, it was the three. I mean, I had the three different reasons, the three excuses. And no, that was it. Your account will not be restored. Um, that was it. And there's no appeal and process that they say like, hey. No, there's the initial appeal, but there's no appealing the appeal. And that's another thing with all of these companies, whether it's uh, Twitter, Facebook, you, there's no customer service. There's no phone number. There's no email, which uh, somebody said to me the other day, like, oh, well, that's because they're so big. How could they? I'm like, Apple has customer service. Amazon has customer service. Exxon Mobil has customer service, but they can't. Well, I mean, and and actually, they don't even need that many customer service people if their only job is to is to answer appeals. How many people are they? Yeah. Banned? Right. I mean, well, <laughs> probably a lot. <laughs> so Art Art in chat asks, what happens if they give you back your Twitter? Do you tone it down or go right back at it? <laughs> Do I tone it down? <laughs> uh, if I get back on Twitter, the very first thing I will say is just so everyone knows, the number of hands, feet, genders, and Good Godfather movies is still two. <laughs> Excellent. Now I will. Not only will I say so you, everything I used to say, I will say, "What's that?" You'll be back for a single tweet if they bring you back. Yeah, <laughs> probably. No, but um. I think it's really, really important for us to all support each other. So if I do get back on Twitter, the number one thing I will be concerning myself with is getting other people back on who have been banned. Namely, uh, I heard from somebody uh, named Nick Monroe that I've been talking to, who's an independent journalist who was fraudulently banned in the same way I was. Uh, A great documentary filmmaker named Sean Campbell, who has been, oh, uh, this girl, Diana Death, who was actually banned after she made her last tweet was defending me. And so that, so she was banned because of that. And then afterwards they did the same thing where they gave her another reason a day later and then said it was because she wrote a tweet calling uh, Hillary Clinton a hag. Wait, calling Hillary a hag gets you banned? Yep. And her last tweet was defending me. So it's either because she defended me or because she said that, but that's the official reason now. I mean, so. I feel like that would pass fact checkers, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> True. The hag. Um, it's just ridiculous. It's so, yeah. So if I do get back on or regardless of whether I get back on or not, but I really am going to advocate for other people to be unbanned. Um, also, uh, I, I don't want to make any sort of like official announcement yet, but I am thinking of having some sort of big free speech rally in front of the Twitter headquarters in New York. So if anyone is watching this and can help out or knows people who want to come speak, help, whatever, uh, hit me up. Yeah, I, that that I think would be great. Um, I'm gonna make that happen. I mean, I, I don't know who else is Laura Loomer in New York. No, I think she's in Florida. Okay. Glenda. She somebody said so a lot of people were writing me. They're like, "Hey, Laura Loomer handcuffed herself to the door," and I made the obvious point to them that 
I save the handcuffs for date night. <laughs> Plus it's one person. One person isn't a, a protest. I mean, it is. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's amazing what she did. Just I'm what I'm thinking is a little bit different. I, w- I want to try to make it a big, massive thing. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why, but it's frustrating that your story is not covered. And actually, all those people you just mentioned, I don't know. I've not heard their names. I assume they don't have millions of followers. They're all. Well, they had a lot more than I did. Okay. I've heard, I've heard from people who had 100,000 followers, who had 300,000 followers, just banned no reason no reason again so that's why um oh and also people have been saying to me why don't you just make another twitter well the thing is that if i did that then i would be violating the terms of service so what could happen if i made another twitter which i'm not going to do but if i did um i could have it for years i could build up millions of followers and then five years from now when i've totally forgotten about this they can take it away and say it's because of now that i made another account so I don't want to, I don't want to give them any ammunition. I feel like right now I'm in the right. I don't want to do anything to change that. What's the best way for people to be following you then? Is it on Facebook right now? Yeah, Facebook. I have my personal page on Facebook, which I've mainly been using. I'm going to, I started like a fan page. I barely used it, but I'm going to, uh, I've, in, my Instagram is at sleepy Harlow. Okay. Um, my YouTube channel, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm going to be using that a lot more. It's just my name, Mike Harlow. Um, I think I put the link to that somewhere in the show notes, but I'll make Oh, sure. thanks. Um, I have a Patreon. If you guys want to support me on Patreon, <laughs> feel like a stripper. Yeah, we feel like a stripper. <laughs> Hawking my Patreon. Yeah, well, I mean, Patreon may kick you off if you're not careful, buddy. Oh, God, I know. Uh, it's That's the thing is like, there's nowhere that's, there's we nowhere. Describe Star intentionally from the beginning because we were, well, we had Patreon for like a microsecond and then. We were like, you know what? We're going to get kicked off. Let's just do Subscribestar yeah. and get everyone on Subscribestar. I only did Patreon because I'm so small. We're just starting out right now that I kind of need every one that I could get. And some people had told me that they were only on Patreon. So I, I so once I if, if once I build it up, I intend to switch at some yeah, No, it makes sense. It makes sense. But just for kind of right now, I just need – because, you know, like I said, YouTube totally – demonetize me even you know i had a live stream the other night um and i made a good bit of money on the super chat from it or people paid a good bit of money for it and youtube will not give me a penny of it it's it says zero in my account they won't send me the thing they won't send me the thing to uh have my address confirmed where i can get where i can get paychecks from them i've requested it four or five times now doesn't show up and it's not and the money from the super chats doesn't even show up in my adsense so what the hell it's, you know, that's the thing people don't realize. It's not one of the, any one of these things. It's the totality of every single one. I've, you know, I, I haven't talked to Carrie about this, but uh, I've been seriously considering just block, like just not having any ads at all on our YouTube. Cause we don't really, even if we got a lot bigger, it's not going to be a lot of money and it'd just be more convenient for people and just say, look, we don't have ads, but we do have subscribe stars. So that's smart. I think because, you know, like I said, since they demonetized everything in five months, I've made $2 and 36 cents. So. Right. So who the hell cares? Yeah. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that too. I don't know. Well, um, Mikey, thank you for joining any last words that you've got. Thank to- you so much. Um, just honestly to anyone who is like-minded, don't be quiet. Don't be complacent. Things are getting worse. And mark my words, over the next year before the election, it is going to get so much worse if we don't fight back. They are going to be banning people that you would have never thought would be banned. The most middle-of-the-road people, 
the most reasonable people I think are, it's, I think you know, there's going to be nobody left. So the time is now, you know, and, and I really want everybody watching to understand that this is not about me. I'm not saying, Hey, everyone come rally around me. It's all about me. No, it is about the issue. It is about a principle. It is about all of us. It is about ideas being preserved and freedom being preserved, preserved. Um, so please, you can't be complacent. You can't sit quietly thinking that you'll be the last one to get banned. Okay, so wait, now I have another question. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna let no, you- No, God, I'm good, I got all that. Another question. Uh, if, so I think it's possible, so I agree with you. I don't think the left could win in a fair fight in 2020, but I do think it's possible that they could win. Um, I do too. And if they do, I assume everyone will know, I mean, at least everyone who's not uh, a leftist drone will know it's because Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Twitter all pushed votes towards the Democrats, which by the way, if you haven't seen, um, what's his name? Steven Crowder? No, Richard Epstein, I think, unfortunately, his name was around at the same time as, uh, maybe it's Robert <laughs> Epstein, I forget. It's not, uh, not, the, sure it not the pedophile Epstein, but the other. <laughs> Um, it's unfortunate if that's your name and you have to always clarify, Hey, I'm not the pedophile one. Yeah. Yeah. I think his his first name's different. I forget. I think it's Dr. Richard or Robert or whatever. Um, but he, uh, you know, he testified in front of, of Congress that he thought Google had, had sway. I think it was Google had swayed something like between two and 10. Oh yeah. Or right. And they weren't even trying. We know they can sway the election if they want to. And it's pretty clear that they want to. So my question to you is, if they do sway the election, what does this country look like after that? I, you know, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to, I don't want to be like they are. I don't want to be like, we're living under fascism, KKK USA. <laughs> so I don't want to be like them. We have a constitution. We have checks and balances. It was... It would be very hard to be hopeful with that, but especially if they take Congress. Um, I mean, Democrats having all three brands or Congress and the presidency would be a nightmare. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the most important thing is we can't let that happen. Um, yeah. And also, it's not just social media. It's not just the Internet, because if you look at a lot of things that happened um, in the midterms, if you look in Florida and Broward County, votes disappearing and people who were convicted of destroying ballots kept their jobs and then more ballots were missing. I think that that was a test run for 2020. And, you know, I, I'm going to get a lot of shit for saying this, but I think in 2020, we don't have the luxury right now to care about things like words or stuff like that. We don't have the luxury to stand on formality. We have to rally around voting for the only person who is opposing this, the only real option, and that is the president. So I think that people like us who are like, well, I don't love him, I'm not crazy, it doesn't matter. I mean, do you like free speech? Do you like having a constitution? Do you like the second amendment? Do you like border security? Yeah. So I think, and I'm hoping that either in this term or if he's reelected, I'm just really hoping that he will make a real issue out of fighting censorship. I know he's talked about it and he had one executive order about colleges, but I really hope that he will make this a core issue actually if he were to do that during the election i think it would be a winning issue for him if he made one of his big campaign issues that he'll be going after online censorship yeah it might be because there are definitely a lot of people who who care about that and 
and it would bring it out of the shadows too. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll uh, mediate my cynicism a little bit by saying, I do think also at the state level, it's important to vote for uh, your state government that's going to oppose this kind of crap because states do actually have quite a lot of power if they want to exercise it. Um, yeah. So, um, you know. no, that's more important than that. That's what I feel even more passionately about is not Republicans because screw Republicans, but, but electing a certain type of Republicans here because my city in New York has gone to hell under we've, you know, with de Blasio, we've had the most far left mayor in our history and we are really suffering because of it. Um, so for example, I live, I live like two blocks outside of AOC's district. I'm just outside <laughs> of it. But, um, in her district, for example, there are all different people running in the Republican primary to oppose her. And some of them are typical because in New York, the Republicans, they don't run real candidates. The people that they always run as Republicans are like useless. They do nothing. They don't try to win. You wouldn't even want them to win. They're horrible. But now I'm seeing that change. So there's some people like that, but then there are also people running. Um, I forget this guy's name offhand, but there's this one guy who's this African-American who was incarcerated for a long time and then totally turned his life around and is a business owner and is just amazing. So I think we really need people like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's about electing the right type of people. Absolutely. And, and not to put words in your mouth, but it's, I, for me, it's the people that stand up to social justice and stand up to this insanity and know, and like call it out, know what it is. Um, Absolutely. Right. No, you made such a good point that if you're not, explicitly fighting against this you will bow to it yeah i mean it's, it's a shame but that's what happens so so yeah i just hope that people will speak up and will come out and will you know i because now if not now then when um yeah it's it's just really scary how they t keep taking more and more control and, and like i said i'm fairly certain that i'm the most centrist person to ever be banned from twitter so if it can happen to me it can happen to anyone yeah. yeah. Um, but I do want everybody to know I'm not giving up. I'm not going to shut up anytime soon. It, you know, a couple, I, I feel, I feel the tide turning a little bit, at least for me personally, because a couple days ago, Oh God, you're the episode that you guys did about me. was like the only thing keeping me from jumping off a bridge. I was so miserable. Huh? Um, so thank you guys so much, but um, no, I'm like, Oh, I love you too. So yeah, like I'm not giving up. You guys don't give up. Like we just have to, stand up to these people and make it clear who we are. We're not Nazis. We're not extremists. We're not anything that they want to call us. And so their words have no power over us. Yeah. Sticks and um, stones may break my bones. But, but oh my God, words are so much worse. I can't even. <laughs> By the way, I think you could totally do a spoof video of that guy who uh, cried about Britney years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, why? Leave her alone. I totally think you could you could do that. Why? I'm like a decade and a half too late. I know, I know. I just the 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 Tim the 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 tone of your voice just now. I was like, oh, it almost you bastard. <laughs> you know how many years people sat there was like, are you the leave Brittany alone guy? I know, I know. It's too late. Bitch. It's over. It's over. <laughs> um, well, um, Mike, thank you for joining. I'll put, thank you so um, much. Mike's YouTube channel, his uh, Facebook are both already in the uh, show description. Also, I'll add Sleepy Harlow is his Instagram, so you can follow him there. And please. Um, yeah, and like I said, hopefully I'll have an announcement to make soon. We're looking into having some sort of free speech rally. If you are in New York, 
please, please, please come. Well, I, I'll, I should have an announcement in the next couple days. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. You're the best. Also, oh my God, am I the first and only four-time guest? I think so. I mean, what do you I, mean you I think, think so? so. I mean, we try and space the guests out. You were just on two weeks ago, but so much changed in your life that it's like we had to have you back. Oh, okay. Well, I'm as far as I know, I'm the first four-time guest here, and so y'all know I'm going for number five soon. Well, I think I think that's right, and you deserve it. So, uh, thank you so much for for being on, Mikey. Thank you so much, Carter and Carrie. We miss you. We do miss Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, bye, everyone in chat. Thanks for watching. We're gonna thank you. See you tomorrow. Take care.